and welcome to the Racing Pod Blast as we take a quick look at the weekend's racing from a stats trends analysis uh, with me, Tony McCormick, and Ben Aitken from Narrowing the Field. Thanks very much for joining us, uh, Ben. Good morning to you. We're recording this on uh, on a Friday morning. Uh, hello to Ben Aiken. Are you looking forward to it, sir? Hello, Tony. Yes, yes, definitely. Very much. It's a long time in the, the making, us getting together, doing something. So, yeah, yeah, looking forward to cracking on with us. Very good, yeah. And now we've decided to call this the Racing Pod Blast, so people that have uh, busy lives uh, on a tight time balance during the day, especially on a Friday, uh, can listen to the Racing Pod Blast during the lunch break on the way home or even just relaxing when uh, getting a, a bit of me time. The Racing Pod Blast, uh, brand new on a on a, uh, a platform coming to you soon. Uh, ben, tell us how long we uh, people can expect uh, the Racing Pod Blast to go on for and what can they expect from uh, myself, Tony McCormick and you, Ben? Well, the, the Racing Pod Blast were going to be three to four hours long waffling away, <laughs> talking about absolutely nothing. No, clearly we're not. We're not. You know, we're, we're going to be we're looking 20, 25 minutes maximum. Um, I think we're, we plan on being more like, let's say, the, the Epsom dash of the podcasting world. Absolutely. Podcasting world. Um, gates open, out the blast, bang, it's over. But ton of action took place during that five furlong burn up um, as uh, you know as Kenny Rogers once famously said the quicker the podcast the sweeter the taste of the winds <laughs> he didn't say that but you know if anybody gets that completely obscure Kenny Rogers reference well done but yeah pod blast crack on with it let's go looking forward to this Tony fantastic yeah so we've got uh, a couple of races of our choosing to start off with and at the end we have a, a couple of pro, maybe horse profiles trainer profiles stats and trends that stand out for us uh, and in the middle we have a little bit of fun a little bit of fun we have a football be- uh, bit uh, top middle and bottom we're calling it it sounds fun it's very very daunting to be perfectly honest but uh, no it's, it's just for fun right in the middle to spit up the uh, racing pod blast uh, and it's uh, a little Trixie that will be coming a little later on uh, one pound Trixie from us both so four pound in total uh, doesn't break anybody's banks uh, but uh, that's coming up in the middle Ben so uh, off we go it's Champions Day at Ascot uh, we have a going update which the latest going update is good to soft good to soft at Ascot for Champions Day uh, on Saturday two races in this section two o'clock the sprint stake uh, I will go. Do you want me to go first on this one, Ben? Yeah, sprint stakes. Yeah, you crack it. Sprint stakes. Tony, off you go. Yeah, um, a couple of trends here that uh, may be interesting to people. Uh, first two in one finished in the the eight last eight winners finishing in the first two in one of their last. Uh, three starts last ran in a group race uh, preferably a group one and next best a group two but uh, don't discount those who uh, last ran in a group three uh, one this i love this one uh, won or beaten no more than four lengths last time out now that gives us um i know there's uh, 18 runners going to post here i've got a little bit of a short list uh, creative force Kinross, Brad the Brief, and uh, Naval Crown. Now, for me, I'm going to have to go with uh, Creative Force, winner of this contest 12 months ago, beating 19 rivals, and Glenn Shiel, one length on good to soft ground. So he's uh, encountering the uh, the same ground uh, 
on uh, on Saturday. Two starts in the UK this term, a second of 24 at Royal Ascot in the Platinum Jubilee Stakes on good to firm in June before. Disappointing, it has to be said, in the Group 1 July Stakes at Newmarket. Not seen since. This may have been the plan for some times. Uh, for some time. Both Creative Force uh, from 13 and Kinross from 17 should get a decent pull into the race from Naval Crown, who is drawn 16, who I'm hoping will go off uh, in front or racing prominently and possibly staying on for a place. Uh, Naval Crown, winner of the Platinum Jubilee Stakes over course and distance at Royal Ascot, beating 23 rivals and Creative Force a neck. Uh, beaten since, but uh, I'm sure he'll re- appreciate the return to this track. Uh, that's uh, Naval Crown, I'm going each way, and Creative Force to win in the uh, the uh, Champions Sprint Stakes, the Group 1 at uh, Ascot 2 o'clock. Ben, your thoughts? Yeah, no, I create a force, I get that totally. Um, what slightly surprised me about this year's renewal, but it's the number of runners in the race that are yet to have won a UK or Irish Group 1. Now, that's not going to stop them winning the race this year, but there's quite a few that have run a number of times in a Group 1 and have come up short each time. The one that does have a Group 1 on a CV, three in fact, uh, is Richard Fahey's Perfect Power. There's two from two Ascot, Group 1 and a Group 2. And three-year-olds have won this three times since it was a Group 1, which was the last seven renewals. Of all of those three-year-old winners had eight-plus career starts and had previously won a group level, like Perfect Power. Slight niggle about the ground if it gets softer. Uh, form of his Commonwealth Cup win hasn't quite worked out as you would have hoped. But he's a Group 1 winner. He loves the track. Catches my eye at decent odds. Also, a little mention for Brad Debrief, who made your trend shortlist, Tony. Uh, he won his two starts back in May. And it looks like they've kept him off since then to get his preferred ground. The long way off shouldn't be an issue. He's one zero one one when racing off breaks off 120 days or more. He could sneak himself into places. Uh, his sire, Dutch Art, he has some decent stats of his offspring over the straight five to seven furlong Ascot tracks, especially his three to five year old males. Uh, nine winners from 44 for a 20% strike rate, 45 points profit. 87% above expectation. So, Brad Brief potential interest at double-figure odds. Um, perfect power, Brad Brief would be my two in that race. Good stuff. So, we've got uh, Creative Force, Naval Crown, Perfect Power, and Brad the Brief uh, going for us. A couple of each way uh, pokes there as well, uh, Ben. And uh, so, on to the next race, which you were looking at, is the 440, the Balmoral Handicap. This was your idea. <laughs> it was my idea, yes. It was. So, over to you, Ben. Over to you for the I, Balmoral Handicap. I love handicaps. Totally love them. That's um, cover them all the time from own members. Um, yeah, the Balmoral Handicap. Class 2 handicap, run over the straight one-mile trip. 20 runners entered, three deserves. Eight previous renewals of this. All eight previous winners passed the following three trends. Aged three-year-old to five-year-old, ran in a Class 1 or Class 2 race last time out, and ran in this off a break of between 14 and 25 days. Now, that finds you all eight winners, as well as 14 placed horses. This year, those trends will give you a short list of Blue For You, Magical Morning, Symbolize, Perotto, Ross Colin, Mums Tipple, and Montasib. Now, the last two mentioned are two of the reserves. 
they're not guaranteed a run, obviously. Uh, a quick word on the draw. Seven of the eight winners were drawn in the bottom half of the draw. Top of the draw, but only one win from 81 runners. Top quarter of the draw only produced three of the 32 win and place horses. So, to date, top half, particularly top quarter, little bit tricky places to be breaking from. So I'll use those draw stats, uh, whittle the shortlist down a bit further. Um, there does look the potential for the pace horses in this race to be housed down low anyway. So I think there's a potential advantage to be drawn middle to low. Uh, the first one that catches my eye is Perotto, trained by Marcus Tregoning. Uh, Perotto is actually winless since uh, landing the Britannia at Royal Ascot last season. I think he's mainly been punching above his weight since then, both in terms of class level and his handicap rein. He's back down to a more feasible mark now. If you look at him under the following, class two level and below, handicap mark of 100 or less, and days since last run, 56 or less, you find he's four wins from eight with three further placed runs. That's all four of his career wins. He won't be faced with his big field straight track Ascot Blast. As I said, he won the Britannia last year. His stall one draw also looks good. Stalls 1-6 to six, massively overperforming this contest. They've won five of the eight renewals. They strike 49% above expectation. And I like the chances of Perotto at a double-figure price. I also like Symbolize. Uh, I want him on my side as well. He's on the trend shortlist. He ran second in this last year from the same mark, but he had the misfortune of bumping into Aldari on that occasion. Last time out, he was absolutely gubbed by his high draw, as he was when he ran the Royal Hunt Cup in the summer, but he's got a much, much better draw this time round. Calm Hutchinson, jumping on his back, that also catches my eye. First time he takes a ride, he takes five off, which is a positive. Now, he and Balding, they have a 30, Andrew Balding, have a 34% win strike rate this season. 12 wins from 35. Uh, when they team up with three to five-year-olds are returning within six weeks of their last start, which Symbolise is here. So, Tony, Perotto and Symbolise for me. What about yourself? That's a great shout. I, I have to say that uh, I'm the same with Perotto. Uh, I've written down here the, the, the Marcus Stragoninyada hitting uh, form right now, boasting a 33% winning play strike rate in the last 14 days, including a winner at Windsor on Monday earlier in the week, Ben. And, uh, and a good second of nine at Brighton on Thursday with Dumfries. And now Perotto represents the yard here, a winner over course and distance when landing the spoils, as you said earlier, in the Britannia Stakes at Royal Ascot in 2021. The four-year-old has won three of his four career starts, uh, four career wins on the straits of Goodwood, Sandown, and here at Ascot. So, uh, yeah, Perotto looks very, very nice. Uh, it's around 16 to 1, so a nice each way there. And, uh, yeah, a bit... Um, I'll take on board what you say about the draw as well and the overperforming stats uh, from those at a lower lower draw. Um, but I'm taking a chance on Orban here. Um, due to the fact, not only David O'Mari loves these big handicaps, especially at Ascot as well, but just Neil Callan stands out here for a, for a booking. Uh, he's drawn 14, uh, winner at this track as well as success over a similar trip. Orban continues to run well. 
in defeat in a number of starts since victories at Glorious Goodwood and at this venue over seven furlongs in August off a £5 lower mark. Neil Callan in the saddle has to be a positive and uh, I'm hoping he'll, he'll, he'll possibly go over towards uh, those that are running uh, from the, uh, coming from the, uh, the low stall. So maybe Zorban, who will be held up in the early stages, maybe he'll, he'll come across and tuck in behind the likes of uh, Casanova and Montatham and Johan as well before making a, a late surge. Uh, so for me, uh, Perotto, like yourself, and uh, Orban at a, a decent old big price, uh, around 14 to 1. <laughs> Okay, look out then. That's uh, that's for the big ones at uh, oh, for our two races from Champions Day at Ascot. Uh, right now, here we go. Top, middle, and bottom. It's top, middle, and bottom time. Uh, ben and I, football gurus, we are not. Uh, it's just for fun. Remember, a one pound Trixie from us both. Four pound in total. Uh, result for a team in the top six. Uh, which uh, very quickly is uh, at the moment is Arsenal, Man City, Tottenham, Chelsea, Manchester United and Newcastle. A uh, result for the team from the middle of the table, which is the middle seven. So that'll be Brighton, Bournemouth, Fulham, Liverpool, Brentford, uh, Everton and West Ham. And then Leeds, Crystal Palace, Aston Villa, Southampton, Wolves, Nottingham Forest and Leicester, the bottom seven, uh, a result for a club around the bottom of the Premier League. So, uh, Ben, over to you for your first top, middle and bottom. OK, doggy. so top, City to beat Liverpool at 17-20. to 20. Liverpool were already struggling, but fresh injury worries means I can't see how they'll be able to stop the Nordic goal Yeti. That is Erling Haaland. <laughs> so, City to beat Liverpool. Uh, middle. Fulham v Bournemouth to draw 11-4 ended 1-1 in their two games last season and let's be honest this looks like it's got a last game on match today board draw written all over it Snoozeville draw bottom Leicester to beat Palace at 13-10 to Leicester are unbeaten in 6 against Palace winning 4 drawing 2 home games are going to make or break Leicester season they're going to have to win these sort of matches they'll be up for it so Leicester to beat Palace. Good stuff. So, easy, easy stuff. Looking forward to those results and not doing anything. Um, but what are you taking me on with? I'm, I'm exactly the same, mate. With uh, the top bit, uh, City to beat Liverpool uh, at seventeen to tw- around seventeen to twenty. I, I do think um, not a stroll in the park, but Liverpool were. Not well. Yeah, they were awful for fifty-four minutes against Rangers, and it's Rangers. And I know it. It looks. It's all about the uh, the, the final score at the end. And Rangers won Liverpool seven. Uh, looks great to those who were not watching the game, but uh, Liverpool were appalling for about fifty-four, fifty-six minutes, uh, and they will not be allowed to be appalling for fifty-four and fifty-six minutes uh, against City. So it's it's going to be City from the middle. Um, Everton will lose to top. 
Tottenham. Tottenham to beat Everton at 1-2. to two. I think Tottenham, uh, they played quite well the other night, or very well the other night, uh, despite giving a, a going to sleep late on, giving a, a late second goal away. And uh, at the bottom, uh, quite simply... Uh, Chelsea are on a roll here with uh, the the new uh, Harry Potter in charge there and uh, Aston Villa are just uh, terrible at the moment and uh, can't seem to not only uh, grab a win but uh, can't seem to score any goals so Villa to lose to Chelsea so City to beat uh, Liverpool Tottenham to beat Everton and Aston Villa to lose to Chelsea Easy stuff, great stuff. Looking forward to them all failing miserably. <laughs> and I've got, I've got to say, the Liverpool Rangers, it's a pointless result to take any notice of. Scottish teams get gubbed in Europe regularly. It makes no difference. It has no bearing on where Liverpool are at. So, <laughs> absolutely, they were terrible. I, I, terrible yeah, for fifty say, minutes. I can say that as a Scotsman. <laughs> Scottish teams get gubbed in Europe. It is a fact of life. Um, so, trends, stats. Pointers, playing condition horses, etc., etc. Uh, this is the part where we'll look at the rest of Saturday's action, sort of away from the, the two trends races that we did cover. So I'm going to start things off and I'm going to be looking at a Kim Bailey first time wind up angle. Now, I've been spending quite a bit of time digging deep into the stats for first time wind up and headgear sort of angles um, I've been doing that for my own site not in the field um, I'm getting obviously prepared for the start of the jump season proper uh, the following Kim Bailey angle that actually has two qualifiers for Saturday that angle being Kim Bailey horses running off a wind up in chases or hurdles and coming off a break of 120 days or more that returns stats of 13 winners from 43, 30% strike rate, and over 30 points profit to Betfair SP. Win and play strike rate is 53%. So the two qualifiers on Saturday are summation in the 249 at Stratford and design icon in the 330 at Newton Abbott. Now, even as those two fell to fire this weekend, that Kim Bailey window up angle is one and I'd urge listeners to keep it in their back pockets for future reference. I think it'll be a good one to, to follow over the next season or two, probably further. I'm going to stick with the jumps for my second stats pointer. This time I want to concentrate on the Richard Bandy yard. And it's a yard I reckon will do well to keep on the radar this year. I think uh, especially with his chasers. Now he's a horse called Godrevy Point, making his chase and seasonal debut in the 2.14 at Stratford on Saturday. The reason he interests me is due to the excellent record of Bandy, Richard Bandy chasers on their first and second chase starts. As a group, they return figures of nine wins from 20, for a 45% strike rate and a whopping 170 points profit. Win in place, they're 14 from 20 for a 70% strike rate. Bandy also has an excellent record at Stratford in 2022. He's had nine runners, five of one, two have placed. Seven of the nine runners finished first or second. So he gets his uh, horses firing at Stratford. Godrevy Point, now he's by Coastal Path. His geldings on chase debut to start a single figure SP are 8 from 19 for a 42% strike rate. So those are the positives. Negatives, I guess all of his opponents have had some level of chase experience on their CV already and all but one of them had a run in the last month. So he's taken on 
you know, race fit rivals that have chasing uh, experience, which God Revy Point doesn't. So it's far from an easy starting point for the horse, but I do like those bandy stats. Um, and if this, if the horse doesn't go in at the first time I'm asking, I'd, I'd be very hopefully come on plenty for the run and hopefully score on a second chase start. So God Revy Point is he's a horse to keep on the radar as um, as is his trainer Richard Bandy. I, I think he's going to have a decent season. He's, he looks at a yard as building up specialist chasers. So that would be it. Got ready point and from Kimbele, summation and design icon. So, Tony, what have you got for everyone? Uh, back at Ascot. Back at Ascot, Ben. Uh, in the uh, the 240, the uh, Champions, Phillies and Mares Stakes, Group 1, uh, Emily Upjohn. Uh, which is favourite at the moment. I, uh, I do appreciate that. Uh, the early season promise of Emily Upjohn uh, from victories at Sandown and the Group 3 Musadora stakes have tailed off a little bit slightly with a, a short head defeat in the Group 1 Oaks at Epsom in June and a disastrous effort in the Group 1 King George and Queen Elizabeth stakes at this venue in July. I'm going to forgive her that. Um, she has a first-time hood. You may have heard this elsewhere, and you'll hear it tomorrow as well. Um, but the Gosden Yard, um, since the start of the 2019 season, have a 36%. Now, this isn't winning uh, winning place. This is a 36% winning strike rate uh, since the start of the 2019 season with runners in a first-time hood. And Emily Upjohn uh, is the Mount of Frankie de Torre, John and Thady Gosden training at Ascot tomorrow in the uh, Phillies and Mare Stakes. Emily Upjohn in a first-time hood. Um, lots of lots of talk about the uh, the other Gosden horse as well. Mimic you, uh, the Mount... Uh, the, yeah, the uh, with Rob Rab Havlin in the uh, in the saddle. That's around seven to one. But I'm sticking with Frankie and Emily Upjohn in the two forty at Ascot and three fifteen. Catrick, uh, it's going to be a mud bath at Catrick and uh, Music Society winning place at Catrick. Uh, one on soft ground as well as hitting the frame on a further four occasions on soft ground. Uh, two from nine over a similar trip. Four of six career wins have come on an undulating track as well, such as uh, Catrick. And I think 16 to 1 is uh, more than uh, more than enough to be looking into the uh, the price of uh, Music Society, who, although drawn 15 um, right out uh, in the car park, but they'll be coming across to the stand side, I would have thought, Ben, tomorrow. And uh, yeah. Music Society should get a nice toe into the race from Chipstead, who, uh, under Frederick Larson, will be... Uh, They'll be uh, racing prominently, if not leading, in the early stages. But uh, Music Society at a decent each-way price. Some firms paying five places on the race. Uh, Music Society, 3.15 at Catrick. And Emily Upjohn, 2.40 at Ascot. I, 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 to add to that, yeah, the car park's probably where you want to be drawn on yeah. soft ground. Uh, at Catrick, you know, it's it's where they, they kind of migrate to. It looks like it's the fastest part of the track. So, yeah, that's I like that shout, Tony. It's a good one. Music Society. 
Okay then, many thanks for listening to the first edition of the Racing Pod Blast. We'll be back again for more of the same next week, but until then you can catch myself uh, Monday to Friday on 365 Radio at 5am till 7am for your early starters, and you can read more racing insight from Ben over at uh, narrowingthefield.co.uk That is narrowingthefield.co.uk Thanks very much, Ben. Cheers, Tony. All right, we'll see you all next week. Thank you.